Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to 30-Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now, it's time to thrive. In this podcast series, we've been talking a lot about the talent shortage, the demographic changes, and generational differences just in all. And we've heard that with one rather large generation now in many leadership positions leaving the workforce at a fast rate, there simply aren't enough in the next generation to fill those roles. So we're looking at an even younger generation to fill that leadership gap. So today we're here with Kate Walker to talk more about um, how we can really help to train the next level of leaders. And she's our Vice President of Learning Development here at MRA, so she comes with a lot of knowledge and expertise here today. So I'm excited to talk to you, Kate, and welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. We can get started right away. And really the first question I have for you is that we have companies needing to fill the leadership roles, and sometimes that may mean promoting managers to leadership roles. So what is the best way to help with the rapid development of new leaders? That's a great question, Sophie, and we're seeing it a lot from our member companies that they have this influx of new talent that's been promoted quickly, mm-hmm. and you know they need support. I think number one, when you promote a new leader, you wanna make sure you're over-communicating with them. Absolutely. The worst thing that could happen is for them to be stressed out or have a arise if they don't know the solution and they end up getting frustrated they leave we don't want that right Mm -hmm, absolutely we want to just make sure that they're very supported but you know by communicating I don't mean um, you know you check on them once a week you might want to make a calendar open to them so that they can access they have questions and just make sure that you're really ready to support them and being effective in that role absolutely I don't think anyone's ever complained that they've been like talked to too much. It's always like, I haven't heard enough. Right, and yeah, and if you don't have the capacity yourself, you wanna make sure that you have somebody get up here for them. And what are some of the core business and leadership skills that you think emerging leaders need to have nowadays? Yeah, this comes up quite often, Sophie. And you know, I would say it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. If you have problem solving skills and the ability to show up on time, have a friendly attitude and disposition, you can go really far in this world. And it, it sounds simple, but problem solving can be complex, but it can also be how do you make sure that the coffee's ready when we open up in the morning? Right. And you see that people that just have that intuition and ability to think through those problems, known or unknown, those are just such great skills to have. And if that's something that doesn't come natural to you, look for different ways to develop those skills. You know, if you're a Sudoku fan, you know, do some puzzles that gets your mind kind of thinking about problem solving real big asset for you in the workforce. Absolutely. I think one of the um, skills or characteristics that I really admire like an emerging leader is just being driven to and just like saying yes to everything because at that point in time maybe they don't know um, what exactly they want to do. So it's like just saying yes to every opportunity and maybe it'll lead them down their right path eventually. That positive attitude is so valuable. And, you know, when you see someone kind of dig their heels in and, you know, you might hear, oh, that's not in my job description or that's not my responsibility. You just kind of go, whoa, that that doesn't set them up for future leadership. And you've probably seen that already in your career, right? So that people that do that, yeah. they kind of stand out and you know who they are. And 
oftentimes are the ones that get passed over for the most opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned just other ways on expanding the skills. And I know for me personally, I we have a lot of resources here at MRA to expand those skills like our training and development classes but also just like LinkedIn learnings it's so easy just to do a 30-minute video to expand your um your skills and leadership that's a great idea yeah Yeah. but moving on um how how can an emerging leader really better understand their own leadership style that's a great question i i think um are you familiar with assessment filters? I am. I've taken a few. Yeah, and, and we offer them here at MRA, and there are plenty of other vendors that offer them as well. But some of the most common assessments you'll see are DISC, yeah. which is really a behavioral assessment. There's Myers-Briggs, you know, which is somewhat similar. They're all kind of based on the same science. Mm-hmm. And then there's also StrengthsFinder. I just think these are great tools to really understand your personal leadership style, like you can see, am I a D or an I, am I an I or an yeah. S? It also helps you relate to your own leaders and peers because you can kind of figure out where do they fall. And in some organizations, you have the opportunity to take those assessments as a team yes, and kind of learn how to communicate within that structure. And it's just super valuable to understand. And it's kind of fun too. I, I'm kind I of an assessment nerd. Yeah, me too. I was a communications major in college. So assessments and communication styles were like our thing. But I just recently took MRA's project management class and we had to take a communication assessment there. And it was just like, it was fun to see my strengths and weaknesses and how I can improve or how I could talk to someone else who's a different um, leadership style. And I know I talked to even Sarah about like her um, leadership style and how we different and differentiate ourselves and stuff like that. Or did you have any surprises when you took the assessment or was it pretty spot on for you? It was pretty spot on. I, yeah. I feel like I could have kind of went between two different leadership styles, but it was just kind of like funny to see how someone could be completely opposite of you. And it's like, how do we match and how do we blend together then? Yeah, it's so helpful because to understand yourself is great, but then to know what someone else's inclinations are and how they need to be communicated with can be very helpful. For sure. And help you in your leadership journey. Yep, that's some great advice. But we know that not every great worker makes a great manager, which is okay. But how do you, how would you help to develop those management skills? Yes, um, I, I'm thinking of that classic salesperson, you know, Michael Scott, as you will, great salesperson <laughs> from the office. Uh, questionable management skills, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So we, we've all probably experienced someone like that in our career. They got promoted because they were really good at that job. So they were a really good individual contributor, but they might not have um, had the background to be a manager. So to get somebody prepared to be a manager, there's a lot of different resources. We have a lot of different classes that are available and training available here at MRA too. But um, really, they need to know um, what they need to do to be successful. They need to look at other managers that have been successful in their roles. They need to be paired with a potential mentor or coach. Coaching can be a really great way to help somebody um, learn how to improve their skills and also become more self-aware if they have hiccups or roadblocks as to what they're doing. Um, Are you familiar with coaching? I am. I am a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to have a coach yet in your career? I've had some mentors, which I would say probably could be recognized as a coach. Sure. Um, And I think it's been really helpful just 
as an emerging leader and as a younger professional, it's nice to have someone there who kind of can know your strengths and kind of push you to keep going forward and where, I don't know, just what paths to take and stuff like that. Yeah, a coach can really provide those services for an individual and you can develop an action plan and work together. Mm -hmm. So for that manager that might not have that baseline, you know, if they're struggling with employee communication, that coach can talk to them about it. They can role play in a safe environment Mm -hmm. and they can really improve those skills so that when they're, you know, in their real work experience, they can feel comfortable. So there's a lot of great ways to help support that new manager and just hope that, you know, they take advantage of it. Absolutely. And going along with what you just said, another consideration is the fact that a manager is really the key to a successful team. So how can you not only develop the manager skills, but also team building from a manager's standpoint? Yeah, I think team building is one of those skill sets that you have to be very um, intentional about. Mm -hmm. If you just think, oh, we're going to do something quarterly and, you know, it's going to be a potluck, you know, lunch, we're going to be good and have relationships here. It's not really like that anymore, and particularly mm-hmm. with hybrid and remote work environments, you have to be even more intentional about Absolutely. creating a team environment. Um, one thing I can say for our learning and development team, every team meeting we have, we incorporate some team building activities. And we do meet as a team virtually. Mm-hmm. And you know, you would think that, oh, this team that teaches and does all these different things, how do they you know, team build in a virtual yeah. environment? We use our chat quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of different activities that we can facilitate. It's really fun. And Absolutely. you get to know your team better and you feel closer to them. And, you know, just those relationships flourish. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced any good team building? I have. It's funny that you mentioned that because right before we were recording this, I was talking to Sarah, our producer, and I was like, we should do something after work today. Like wow. we could go get dinner or a happy hour or something just to... I mean, it was her eight-year anniversary, and I was like, let's just go do something oh, and great. to celebrate something as a team, and we're actually going out to lunch today as a team, too. So oh, that's good. Just fun, fun team building. Stuff. Yeah, I feel like that stuff is so important, and I've heard some really great practices around hybrid and virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, some companies I'm familiar with that are completely virtual, they actually sign on to Zoom together as a team during the day and like work together so if somebody has questions they can just pop on and ask and they feel more connected that way so that's something Mm -hmm. i've seen another activity um hybrid organizations and remote organizations have been doing is have a team member kind of share like a passion or a hobby virtually Mm -hmm. which is kind of neat they can do that and get to know their team members better yeah absolutely Uh, we we um at mra have our intern leadership program and that's kind of mostly virtual, but kind of a hybrid format too. But we had to do a lot of team building activities virtually, which may seem harder, but there's so many options. You oh, can yeah. do. We did a Jeopardy one time online and it was just fun to, I don't know, just see everybody and we could all play at the same time. So there's definitely a lot of options. Yeah. One thing um, for our learning and development team for our um, holiday party last year, we had a virtual holiday party. And everybody had to go and find um, a crazy Christmas ornament within their house. Oh, that's fun. And then show it. And we had a contest. So that was really fun. So That's fun. There's yeah. so many things. Yeah, there's so do. many. And I, yeah. I think like the virtual environment kind of opens you up too because you kind of get to see people in their own space, which is interesting Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hear that professional development cr- also contributes to employee retention. So let's talk a bit more more about that. What can you share to encourage organizations to consider 
learning plans and professional development to encourage retention. I get very passionate about this topic, Sophie, because Good. I think, um, you know, a lot of employers have known that training and professional development is a great way to retain people and develop them. They kind of had their noses down and focused on a lot of different things. And I think just the talent environment the last several years have made it front and center. Mm-hmm. You know, we've definitely seen an uptick in training requests. And it's just, it's such a good practice to work with your employees. It's so much easier to keep and retain somebody that's already within your organization than to bring someone new Absolutely. into the world. So I'm just very passionate about it. And I think there's so many great ways to train them, whether you do in-house training, mm-hmm. whether you use LinkedIn learning, whether you use MRA to train your employees, whether you have mentor programs, um, community leadership programs. A lot of our communities have uh, leadership programs that you know, get your organization's name out there, but get your employees familiar with the community. So that's another facet. You can get them ingrained within your organization, but also help them establish roots with where they live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just great ways to retain people and, you know, just take advantage of it. You know, it's the cost, you know, can be a little jarring sometimes when you're looking at budgets and it's budget cycle, yeah. but really that retention and, you know, it pays itself forward over time because you have people that are very committed to your organization. Yeah. And I think, Today, especially, we've seen employers get very creative mm-hmm. on how they are retaining their employees. I know we talked with Kathy Seidel, our um, manager of recruiting services, and she just explained how companies are offering a lot of um, incentives to get these people to stay, like pet insurance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think, um, and sometimes employers think, oh, are they looking to go back to school? Is it, you know, a different baccalaureate program exactly. or a master's program? It's not always that. It's professional development. They might want to go take an Excel class and become better at Excel. Exactly. And that can have immediate impact to the work environment as mm-hmm. well. Totally. Well, taking a little step back here, who would you say are the best candidates to consider for professional development? And this can really be anyone. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Sophie. And I, you know, think people tend to focus on, you know, leaders, you know, getting them more skills, but that new employee who's eager to learn more and might put their hand up, I think them putting their hand up is, you know, just great, a reason that you'd want to invest in them. But sometimes you're surprised that your more seasoned employees could benefit from professional development or want to take it. We had a situation on our team where someone had been with us a very long time, had asked about a certification And I was just so excited about that because I thought she's been in her role for a long time. This is really stretching herself. And the fact that she asked, I I just thought that was super exciting. So, you know, it's great. You want to see your new leaders and your new employees take advantage of professional development. But sometimes you'll have some surprises along the way and you don't want to ignore those requests either Mm -hmm. or opportunities. Yeah. And it's nice to just encourage your employees, like take any opportunity you can when it comes to professional development. you know, it's it's not going to hurt you. It's only going to better you, you know. It's the right attitude to have when it comes to it. And, Absolutely. You know, I think if you have that attitude about lifelong learning and professional development, that'll only help you. And you'll be seen as somebody that, you know, should be invested in within your organization. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's been a lot of talk about mentoring and coaching emerging leaders. And I know I mentioned that I had a couple mentors here, but how does coaching differ from mentoring and how does that differ from training? Yeah, mentoring, I I think, can fall in two different buckets. It can be informal. So you might have somebody who 
mentors you, you know, gives you advice, and it's not like a formal relationship. But like organizations can assign a mentor. So if you know you're new and part of your onboarding, you might have somebody assigned your mentor just to be a safe person to ask questions and just to learn a little bit more about the culture. So those are two ways mentoring kind of is facilitated. Mm-hmm. Coaching is a little bit different because it's typically a three-pronged approach. There's typically a sponsor for the coaching process, be it the manager or direct supervisor, a coachee, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who's going to benefit from the coaching, and then also the coach themselves. So that's kind of how that's structured. And um, the sponsor usually has, you know, some reason for wanting the coaching. Could it be performance, help that person be a little more effective with what they're doing? It also could be developmental mm-hmm. or, you know, it could be a response to a situation that happens. So you want to make sure that they're equipped to handle situations in the future. So most times um, it would follow that structure and they would, you know, establish kind of guidelines and goals and objectives for the coaching arrangement. And it can go anywhere from, you know, six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they meet, you know, those milestones across that timeline and stay in contact and, the coachee and um, the coach will have confidential conversations, which really can help them, you know, feel comfortable with the direction of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, usually they would, the coach would go back to the manager or supervisor to see, are you seeing changes here? You know, right. have you noticed anything? So to kind of reiterate the feedback that's going on to help them be supported mm-hmm. and be effective in their role. Yeah. So it's a really neat process. If yeah. you ever have the opportunity to be coached, I would always say go for it. That will only help you develop and further your skill set. Um, sometimes it can be a little scary. Oh, my manager wants me to have a coach. I think it's great. I've had a yeah. couple opportunities at coaches throughout my career, and I found that they would ask questions that my boss would not have asked me at mm-hmm. that time. They would challenge me in ways that I wouldn't challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And I just got a lot of great insight from that third party. I think third party Absolutely. perspective can be really valuable. So, so yeah. So don't be afraid, uh, Sophie, if someone ever offers you coaching, I highly encourage you to take it. (laughs) Absolutely, I will. Do you recommend that an emerging leader would have a coach and a mentor at the same time? Or what are your thoughts on that? If they could, it would be great. It'd be Mm -hmm. even more feedback. Um, It could be time consuming would be my only, you know, hesitation Mm -hmm. there. But yeah, definitely. And depending on the relationship of the mentor, if it's a little more um, informal, they definitely would have time for that. For sure. So what what are your thoughts on reverse mentoring? I know we talked about just regular mentoring, but we often see that with emerging leaders, there's reverse mentoring. So what can you say about that? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because um, I don't think many people understand the concept. Um, for me, I've actually had a couple throughout my career. I went to um, a convention and they were talking about this. I'm like, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And really what it is is, taking uh, two individuals uh, with different backgrounds and experiences. And um, typically one is maybe a little more senior in their development. And then one is maybe um, newly out of college or new to the workforce. That, that's how it worked for me. I had a younger gentleman that I worked with that was right out of college, uh, very insightful, had a lot of technology background, a lot of sales background, and just had a really fresh perspective. Yeah. And I found it really interesting to spend time with him Absolutely. and kind of see the world through his eyes. So we would get together about two or three times a year and just kind of check in and see what you know he was seeing in his career and what I was seeing in mine. And I always felt like I walked away with more than he probably did. <laughs> so yeah. it's really great if you can figure that out and you're 
you're kind of putting yourself out there as well as someone who's looking for a reverse mentor just to benefit from that perspective. It's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that's a great concept. And it's usually you hear that you learn from the senior leaders and mm-hmm. you don't often hear that like the senior leaders hear from somebody that's way younger. Maybe there's not um, much experience with that person, but I feel like you can always take something away from learning from each other. So Yeah, something tells me you're going to be a mentor for a lot of people <laughs> in your career, Sophie. So if you're not doing it already, I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kate. I would love to be a mentor, but um, it seems like we're wrapping up the time here. So do you have any departing tips um, for emerging leaders or for our listeners today? Yeah, um, one big thing I have for you is to always advocate for yourself as an emerging leader. If you're not getting what you need from your supervisor, if you're not getting that level of communication, tell somebody. Mm-hmm. Make sure that um, you over-communicate to what your needs are. You know, I mentioned earlier that managers and leaders should over-communicate with you, which you should too. Don't be afraid to speak up. Let your manager know your preferred speaking um, style. Mm-hmm. If you prefer to be called, do you prefer text? I think, you know, just having some baseline ground rules can right. really help you too. And just, yeah, when in doubt, you know, ask questions, be curious and always be learning. Yep. Absolutely. That's some great advice. I think it was a great conversation today. Yeah. So thanks for joining us yeah. and sharing your knowledge and expertise. I think a lot of people learned a lot today. Um, but we have linked Kate's LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So if you'd like to connect with her or ask her any follow-up questions about this topic or really any topic or how to get involved in MRA's learning and development opportunities, be sure to contact Kate. Um, otherwise, we will see you next week when we're talking about the Great Sandstemic with Jim Morgan. So I look forward to that. But thank you again, Kate. It was Thanks, fun. Sophie. It was fun. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.